Welcome to the Hey Girl Hey podcast and I'm your host Kim Miller. Thank you for tuning in as always to episode 24. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We're getting on up there every week. I'm just like, I can't ever remember where we are and I'm always like amazed that we're now at episode 24. So thank you for tuning in. I hope everybody's having a great week. I am still under the weather y'all. So if you hear me hacking, please, 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 I'm so sorry. Um, But... I did go to the doctor today. I was I was taking like certain like cold medicines that really weren't helping. So my doctor today told me I could take Benadryl, which I do find that the Benadryl is helping a little bit. So I'm assuming this little cough is just some type of allergy that I'm having. And I, I all I have is a cough, no other symptoms. So I am hacking ever so often. Sorry about that. I'm hacking through the interview. I'm hacking through the intro. I'm just hacking. But uh, hopefully by next week, that'll be all cleared up. I am on vacation this week, so I've just kind of been like in rest mode and we're heading to Florida tomorrow to be with family and just relax. So I'm super excited. I hope everybody is getting to do some type of relaxation or vacation this summer. Uh, this is like our annual trip that we've done this is our second year doing and I think it'll be something we do every year because we go to Florida we go like right outside of Destin and we get to spend time with family get to spend time with my mother-in-law and her side of the family and then some of um, my husband's cousins are coming down with their kids so all the kids and cousins will be together which is so nice to me I think that's something that's so special when um, kids especially I don't live in the same city get to kind of see their cousins during the summertime I had that and that was amazing and I think that's a really cool uh, thing to have for kiddos so I'm glad Maddie is having that experience but then Maddie um, for the last three summers has gone to New York which is where where we're from or where my husband is from and stay a little bit with my mother-in-law and now our little niece Steffi and so last summer she went for like seven weeks which she was like that was a little bit too long for her she told us straight up like that's not happening um so this year she agreed to stay about three weeks so she's gonna go to New York and um we're actually getting sad today we were kind of like feeling like oh you're about to leave us I don't know if it's because like it's our last summer with just us three or what but me and Jesse were kind of like thinking about how much we're gonna miss her but anyway she's so excited like she packed her suitcase by herself and she did a pretty good job like I went through it just to make sure like it was on the up and up and she really did pack some cool outfits she packed enough I had to maybe add like one or two things to it but Hey, for a nine-year-old, I was like, you did pretty good packing your suitcase for your little summer trip. So she's all ready for that. We're hitting the road tomorrow. We're getting up very, very early. I am a road trip person. I love driving. I'm a good distance driver. Um, being seven months pregnant, I'm, the max I would do is around eight hours, which this is what this drive will be. But um, yeah, I'm excited. I love like scenic routes. I love like looking at all the different cities and I'm good with that. Jesse is not so much good. So he'll probably drive a couple hours, but I will probably be the majority driver, which is what I normally do. And I actually enjoy it. And so I was trying to download some audio books and I'm having the hardest time figuring out how to work Audible, the app. So I don't know. I have to reach out to somebody to give me some help, but I'm looking forward to just having some quiet time. 
I saw Jesse leave his laptop because he always at least brings like a laptop where he'll still do like some music, some work. And I'm like, no, this time I think you should just really relax because he's been working like every day nonstop writing and doing different things. And it's amazing. Like I love that he gets to do what he loves, but I also think it's really important to disconnect and unwind when you can. So He's not bringing his laptop. He agreed not to bring anything. So I'm happy about that. And I'm going to bring some books. Again, I'm going to try to download some more audiobooks, And that'll be like my um, entertainment for the road. And then once I get there, I literally plan on being like a beach bum the whole time. Like that is it. Eating good food, being a beach bum, seeing family and being a beach bum more and more and more. <laughs> so I'm excited about that. Um, and I did get to go to the doctor today. I had to go take that glucose test, which I pray it comes back normal. But uh, I also got to see baby and she's doing really good. She's actually above average for her size. So, which I was really shocked because I'm carrying really small. Um, but yeah, they said she's about three pounds, which she's supposed to be about two and a half for her, um, for her age right now. I don't, I don't know if it's called, it's not called age, but you know what I'm saying. Um, and I was kind of happy because Madison was such a scrawny little baby. I mean, she was so cute, of course, but like, I just remember when she came out, me feeling like, where did this little scrawny baby come from? Like me or my husband are not scrawny and this little bitty baby. Like I remember her little newborn clothes were like so baggy on her. <laughs> so it's kind of cool with the idea of having like, um, a little bit of a bigger baby. And they said that she's not like on schedule to be super big, but um, my doctor mentioned she may fall around like seven pounds, which I think that's a nice size for a baby. Madison was around six pounds. So, um, yeah, that made me excited. That was fun. She wasn't showing us her face today. She was like literally covering her, covering her face the whole time. I was like, you little booger, you don't want us to see you. But she's doing really good. She's growing and all those things. All the fluid is everywhere where it needs to be. So that was exciting. And, um, yeah, so that was cool. But, um, Let's get into the Hey Girl for the week. So I literally just saw this like a few minutes ago and just wanted to to shout out my girl, Christiana, who just had a baby. Her baby is one month old and her baby is beautiful, absolutely gorgeous. And listen, let me let me just tell you right now, and, and I will probably get into this more when we kind of discuss like fitness and pregnancy and all that in depth, but I am... um. I'm not a person like the the idea of snapping back and all that stuff. Like, I don't ever want anyone to feel that pressure to do that. But I also feel like when it does happen for someone, I think it's beautiful. Like, I can only imagine the feeling of feeling like yourself again sooner than later. Like, some people it takes a year. Some people it takes longer than that. Some people it takes shorter than that. But whatever, I always... I always love celebrating that because I understand it's not about like vanity or, um, you know, being all into yourself. But as a woman, it's just something about feeling back to normal when you have a baby. It's such a in, as beautiful as it is, but it's such an invasion of your body. So to ever get to a point or to get to a point, um, you know, quicker or whatever. I just think that's amazing. And I really, really do not in any type of way to pressure someone who may not be um, making that journey as quick. But let me just tell you, Christiana has snapped back. Okay. Body banging baby a month old. She's breastfeeding, which is always amazing. Um, I think she says she gained about, I don't want to tell her business, so I won't even go there, but she, she's already lost the weight that she's gained plus more. And that's just from breastfeeding. And 
Um, that's something I plan to do. I hope I have an amazing journey in that way. But I just want to shout her out. I, it's her first time. She's the first time mommy. Um, I'm sure she's going through all of the emotions and the transitions that come with that, good and bad. But I do want to just celebrate her and honor her today that she has really snapped back. You look absolutely beautiful. Your baby is absolutely amazing. And I love you. And yeah, keep killing it. I know you're feeling good. I know I know it feels good. I know that feels good. So hey, girl, Miss Christiana. And I'm sorry, I don't even know Christiana's last name. I really need to learn my friend's last names. Sorry about that. <laughs> last week, my hey, girl, Catherine, um, got on me about... Well, not got on me, but she was just saying how she was thinking about putting her last name on her on her social media, but her kind of page is more geared towards business. So anyway, you guys know who you are, and I'm going to do a better job at posting my Hey Girls. I've kind of fallen off that, but I think I'm going to actually post like my last couple of Hey Girls, and then I'll catch up in July and start posting weekly because I want to do better with my posting and my, like all that, all that kind of stuff. I know I need to do better, so thank y'all for hanging with me but this week so this let me tell you this week was really cool I have some pretty amazing friends and two of my friends are Andy and Morgan Summer and they own an amazing store called Fourth and Nomad it's here in the Houston area if you live in Houston you have to check it out they have a location in the Heights they have a location in River Oaks and they have a location in Bush Airport so they are not even 30 so they are killing it and this store is so cool because they allow local artisans to um, basically be the the vendors of the store. So they, they choose different artisans. I, you have to go through an application process. And if you're selected, your items will be sold in the store. So everything is handmade. Everything is local for the most part. And it's just a really, really amazing store. So this has been a couple for Jesse and I, for sure, that has been inspirational just watching um, such a young couple launch a business and do it successfully. And we've been able to kind of be a part of that journey, hear the good and the bad, and it's definitely more good than bad. So that's always good to see and good to hear. And um, yeah, so this week in the honor of like just talking to girls who are out here killing it, who are a boss in one way or another, I wanted to sit down with Morgan and they just launched their podcast studio. So I was so honored that I was the first person to use it. And it was really, really cool. So um, I hope you guys enjoy this episode, but it was nice talking to Morgan about the experience of entrepreneurship and launching the business and what that looks like. So I hope y'all enjoyed this episode. So here goes my interview with Miss Morgan Summer. I start all my episodes off with, hey girl, hey. Hey girl, hey. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, Morgan. I love you so much. You're so adorable and you're my friend. <laughs> Thank you so much. And I, I, I'm glad that we're having this opportunity because I didn't even mention about the amazingness of this spot that we're in. We're in you guys' location for podcasting and this is the first time you're using it. And I'm honored to be a part of that first journey. So thank you so much for having me. Oh. Thank you for being had. <laughs> thank you for all that. So I'm excited. Um, okay, so I want to start out the podcast just very briefly talking about your love story and how you met your wonderful husband, Andy. So tell us a little bit about that, as much and as little as you want to tell. Yeah, no, it's it's kind of a funny story. It's a long one, so bear with me. Um, but basically, so this was years ago. Um, I was playing at a church down south. Um, it's in League City called City Mark. So I was playing there every week, and it was fun. But we had this one guy on the worship team. He's a drummer, and he's the such a goofy guy. <laughs> like, just so weird. Like, anything he says, you just totally don't take seriously. Yeah. Uh, but he kept telling me, he was like, hey, 
I got this guy you should meet. His name's Andy. I think he's great. Like, you'd love him. And again, like, he's saying this. I'm like, okay, cool, cool, cool. Like, walking out, not remembering anything he ever yeah. said to me. So <laughs> I just, yeah, it was hilarious. Um, but he apparently knew this guy named Andy, which is now my husband. But Andy was living in College Station at the time, going to A&M. Yeah. Um, and so he, at the same time, he's telling Andy, like, you got to come down to Lake City. you got to play at this church. you got to meet Morgan. It's going to be great. And so Andy at the same time was like, like, I guess I like looked me up and stuff like that and was going to come down to try to play. But at the same time, he was actually about to move um, to Australia for yes. a couple of years. And so he was kind of weighing the option. He's like, you know, honestly, what's going to happen? Right. I'm about to like move to the other side of the world. There's no point in this. Like... Nah. Yeah. <laughs> so he moves to Australia. Um, but by the time he comes back to Houston, that's when Hope City had launched. And I was actually going to Hope City at the time. Um, so, yeah, we had a mutual friend there at Hope City uh, that was always trying to play matchmaker, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> always trying to set everyone up. So he had shown Andy like multiple girls like you should meet her oh my goodness together. not <laughs> multiple show. girls I know multiple <laughs> girls um and so yeah boy world I don't know um well eventually somehow it got to me I'm glad I made it in the mix yes. <laughs> but, but uh Andy looked at the picture he's like no way I was actually supposed to be set up with that girl a couple years ago yeah and um the guy's like oh actually y'all be really good together well then you gotta do it man and so um <laughs> So we had, like, met at church. I had no idea who Andy was, but at, at, by this point, Andy knew exactly who I was. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he ended up getting my number from a mutual friend and cold calling me. So out of nowhere, <laughs> so, like, me not knowing who this guy is gets yes. this weird cold call to go on a date. I thought it was the strangest thing, but I somehow <laughs> said yes, which is great. <laughs> and so Andy... Andy actually thinks I know exactly what's going on, and he thinks I know who he is. Like, I'm in on this whole, like, multiple-year-long setup. Yes. So it gives him false confidence, which I guess is good. (laughs) But we get on the first date, and he's like, you know who I am, right? No. (laughs) Not at all. (laughs) You know no idea. He's like, I'm the the guy that we were going to get set up a couple years ago. Oh, my gosh. Do you remember that drummer? I was like, oh, wow. So, yeah, rest is history. That is crazy. I hope you gave them a shout-out at your wedding, that silly drummer. (laughs) Yes, we did, actually. (coughs) Excuse my hacking. Um, Okay, that's beautiful, and I love you guys. Y'all are so cute. So, very soon after y'all got married, y'all launched a business. So, talk a little bit about how that process was and how you even got to that point of both being on the same page, obviously, to launch a business. Yeah, well, actually, when we... first started dating um we'd always talked about like it'd be fun to open up something we both kind of had I don't know both kind of wanted to be entrepreneurs in some way so we'd always like dream up these fun businesses to open and so one of our first draft was like a rock climbing coffee shop situation (laughs) which obviously this is nothing that no not at all um but yeah it, it was super fun just to like dream up different options but we, at the same time, both were working like in the corporate world. Mm-hmm. He was an engineer. I was um, working for an IT company. And so just kind of two people being bored in our jobs, yeah. we just travel a lot. So any weekend or any free week we had, we would literally always be traveling yeah. um, to other parts of the U.S. or, you know, like other countries and stuff like that. But what we realized was everywhere we traveled, like 
the places we loved the most all had these really cool creative hubs. Yeah. Like these places that really represented the city and the creativity of the city. And we realized like Houston doesn't have a lot of those places, unfortunately. Yeah. And like I think with Houston, what makes it so special is it really is such like a big melting pot of yeah. like artists and creatives and entrepreneurs and like you have so much of that, but not a lot of like places honing all that together. Sure, yeah. Um so yeah, we just saw the need there for it. And at the time we were actually, um, Andy's sister worked for Passion in Atlanta. So we went to go visit her and Passion. Mm-hmm. Um, and both together, like during worship had like this aha moment of like, oh man, I think I think this is what we need to do. Yeah. Like I think we need to like really pursue this. Wow. So as soon as we got back to Houston, um, I was calling around to different places around Houston for like maybe setting up like a weekend pop-up shop yeah. or like like a couple weeks or something to kind of test the concept of handmade small batch goods to see yeah. if like anyone's even interested right, in that, right, right. if that's even hit Houston yet. Yes. So um, so when I was calling around, I came across the Heights Mercantile, which is where our first location was. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Heights Mercantile is still getting built at the time. So I called him, um, the owner, and I kind of explained our concept of um, like, hey, we're kind of thinking about doing this like really cool artisan goods store. Is that do y'all have a space where maybe we can just rent it out just for a couple weeks from you while this is all getting built out? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, no way. I actually have this like really cool um, incubator space. So at the time it was called an incubator space. He's like, I want it to be like a three month long rotating pop up. I yeah. think y'all be perfect for it to be the first ones in there. Yeah. Um, it's really like, oh, that's amazing. Like, how cool is that? I mean, this whole thing is just like. It just like fell together. It fell together. Like literally God opening all kinds of doors. Yeah. And it's, it's cool. But yeah, so at this time, this was a Thursday. He's like, y'all's idea is great. I would love that. If y'all can just send me y'all's, um, y'all's plan by Monday, that would be great. <laughs> uh, and of course plan? we had none of that. Yes, we literally had none of that. Wow. So we called uh, our honor friends, Taylor and Stephanie, who you know, um, yes. and they are just really great creative people. But we called on them because they knew they could put something together really fast. Um, so it's hilarious. They actually got like random goods from like Marshalls <laughs> and like antique stores and stuff that like might look like artists and good stores yeah. that, or stuff. That like maybe we might curate. Right, right, right. <laughs> like it's so funny. And Steph took like these most the most random like product photography oh of these goodness. like fake products. So put together the mood board. Uh, me and Andy put together our um, entire marketing plan, which looking back on it is complete nonsense. <laughs> like made no sense oh any God. of it. Um, but somehow he liked it and like let us move in. And so that three months turned into six months, which turned into 18 months, yes. which turned into um, the same owner building this newer space that he wow. allowed us to move into. and it's so amazing. Yeah. And so you guys first called the store Bespoke, right? Yes, oh, and I then forgot about that. How did that, <laughs> how did that end up changing to Fourth and Nomad, what it is now? Oh, that's funny, Bespoke, R.I.P. Um, so yeah, whenever we first That seems like <laughs> ages ago now, right? It really, <laughs> does. it really does, it's funny, it's a, I feel like the hardest part about opening up a business or doing any kind of business is naming it. Yeah. Um, there's so much pressure around the name. Right. And so Bespoke was a name that Andy came up with. And I just, like, at the time, was like, yeah, that's awesome. I'm totally on board. <laughs> yeah. It sounds great. 
And then we opened up the store and then immediately hated our name. Really? <laughs> well, at the same time, Bespoke became such like a popular name. And, yeah. Um, so many other businesses around us opened up the same name. Really? Yeah, which is crazy. And there was also like the sub- subscription service called like Bespoke Post, and we're getting people walking into the store like, "Oh, I get your boxes. I love oh, this." So it was just a conflict all <laughs> yeah, around. So, and Fourth and Nomad feels yes. right though. It feels good. Yeah, we haven't hated it yet, so that's good. <laughs> no, it feels good. So, for someone that wants to start a business, what does that look like in terms of like the investments that re- that are, were required for you guys starting out, or like what were some of the struggles, or how did y'all manage that? Because I know you guys were both in corporate, but what does that look like for someone that wants to start a business? No, I think it's a really good question, honestly. So we started pretty small. Our first um, <coughs> our first storefront was 700 square feet, so mm-hmm. very little. Yeah. But I'm so thankful we did it that way. Sure. By starting out small, like we were able to, we actually just used our savings to launch that one. So just saved up from the corporate world, we're able to put that into the fixtures and the um, like all of the inventory over there. But but also in starting small, we were able to gather the data we needed to grow. Okay. So I never suggest that anyone just starts off like trying to, you know, everyone thinks that their idea is great. And so many people have great ideas. Right, right, right. But that doesn't mean people are going to get it right off the bat. So I think in order to prevent like bleeding out money, yes. I think you need to start small, really test it, get smarter, like get your data together. Yeah. And that way you'll know where to invest money and where to put money if you're wanting to grow from there. Sure. So that was the that was the direction we took. And so whenever we launched like this bigger space, the space is about six times larger than our last space. It's it's been great, but also terrifying. So mm. we did have to take out a loan for this. Okay. Um, um, and we were able to use a lot of our own money too, just from the growth of the little space. But whenever you're growing that much, you do have to um, look at other options. So it's tough. Yeah. Um, I think our biggest thing is we never wanted to give up a piece of our company to yeah. someone else that might want to like control it or yes. might want to take in a direction that we didn't feel was right. So, but it's cool. It's, you know, and talking about like successes and failures, like I think that worked out really well for this location. Mm-hmm. Um, the same weekend, we actually had another location open up. It was much smaller location in an area that we thought would just be a major hit. Um, and in that, like, also, you know, took out a small loan for that, but, like, also aggressively, you know, you have to pay back those at certain times. Right. And that location actually tanked really bad. Mm. And, you know, it's there's always going to be a failure, and that one's ours. So, um, like, that's why it's just, it's tough. Like, if you don't have to take out a loan, if you don't have to get investors, like, Try avoid it at all costs. Avoid it at all costs. Like I genuinely think that. And although it worked in one instance, it failed massively in another instance. We're still paying for that. So it's tough. Um, I think you're always kind of faced with those decisions as you're growing as a company. And I think it's extremely important that you explore all options. Yeah. You know, and accept that even if something looks like it's black and white going to succeed, you know, prepare for failure Prepare for the worst. Okay, that's good. That's really good information, though. So what, um, and in between the, that those two transitions, you guys launched a location in the airport. Yes. Which that one has done very well, correct? Yeah, and that one was also self-funded. Okay. So 
I think, again, like anything that... It seems like that's the way to go. It is. Yeah. <laughs> no, it genuinely yeah. is. I yeah. Think. And, you know, and sometimes that's slow and sometimes people aren't there. And that's that's a reality, too. Like, yeah. Not everyone... But at least you don't owe anybody, though. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's so. a good lesson. So what... Um, was someone advising you guys? Because it seems like even at the initial first store, and you guys both come from successful families, but very much like in the... Um, corporate side of the the world of that who was advising you guys in terms of business or did y'all have that we honestly we try to surround ourselves with a lot of mentors and a lot of people like speaking into us giving us advice through the whole process which i think you have to do like you cannot do this stuff by yourself right so we um had a lot of advice from our parents you know andy's parents also own their own business so it was really cool to hear them pouring into us as well as um we have some good friends that uh own some of like the gringos the mexican oh, yeah. restaurants here in town. wait those are your friends uh yeah, oh yeah. my gosh can i please get some tacos and something so good wow. um so it's great i mean completely different industry but they've but all, still, they've done this a few times yes so they were super helpful um like ryan and keisha at caveza yes, oh man love them love them and their advice was amazing yeah um rudy that owns uh through good also like pastor at st john has amazing too like yes. we just had so many good people surrounding us that were yeah. pouring in all kinds of advice so yeah it was great that's amazing what what was that like for you guys in your marriage going through like the ups and the downs of that like i'm sure it was moments where it was super exciting and it was moments where kind of like a little bit of attitude rising up (laughs) so what was that like for for a marriage to go through that early on and then what is some advice you would give to a couple that's that's going through that so we've we've been very blessed and i am so thankful for that like I think me and Andy have very different strengths and weaknesses that play off of each other really Mm -hmm. well. Um, And so creating structured roles, I think, was super, like, worked out really well for us. Um, And so there wasn't a whole lot that we had to, like, butt heads over just because we did have such separate roles. I think the the biggest thing for us is, like, people management. (laughs) We have different styles of that. Okay. I'm personally terrified of conflict, and he's, you know, more direct business-minded. So okay. That's some of the biggest conflict. Yeah. Is, oh, I hate that part so yeah, much. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not my nature. Right. But, uh, you know, I think it kind of has to be a little bit. A little bit, yeah. Owner, you you got to tell the funny story, though, about the thief from the from the airport. Oh, and, man. And how <laughs> you, like, mafia-styled <laughs> them. Oh, man. This one feel good. <clears throat> so we have cameras at the airport because we're, like, the airport is set up like this open air store, like yeah. this open air kiosk. So it's it's big, but there are no like walls around it. Okay. Um, <laughs> but we had this kid, uh, he had to be like, I think he was maybe a senior in high school, uh, <laughs> walking through the airport. And so you can see on the cameras, he's like just acting super sketchy. Yeah. He like picks up this flask, like looks at it, puts it back down, walks around the kiosk, picks it up again. Anyway, he picks it up, kind of like walks behind, like sees where the camera is, uh-huh. kind of walks behind this wall, and then the flask disappears. And there you go, like the you know, 
obviously he stole the flask. Right. Uh, but then he ends up coming to buy something. Um, so, so that's something apparently a lot of thieves do. They'll buy something to, to cover throw, up the... Throw, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he, you know, being a high school kid, bought it with a credit card that had his name with on his it. Name. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we have a, like a camera shot of him and his entire name. Oh so, my gosh. Um, <laughs> and so with that... Oh, this is actually funny. I haven't told this story in a long time, so it's we sound like such creeps retelling it. But so I found um, I found him on Instagram. <laughs> like so, like went and searched for his name, saw his picture, and like went and followed him because his his account was private. And so he followed me back. He probably just thought he was it was like, like look so, at this cutie. <laughs> no, no, yeah, it was not the business account. It was my personal. So he was probably real thrown off. Um, but yeah, we send him this this big long message of like hey we have you on camera we saw that you stole this yes. like we know all this info about you please return this in the next three days or we will report you oh my gosh um, which sounds so sad it's such a sad story anyway um so that freaked him out of he's course. like oh my gosh i'm yes. so sorry you're right uh yes let me go ahead and send you back the flask and money for your troubles oh my like, goodness. no don't worry about the money and just send us he back sent it merch. back it was very great so we got it back but that's hilarious we only struggle with theft at the airport but really we always get it back do you so. do you really struggle often with theft at the airport at the airport yeah not at any other location that's so crazy airport, i guess it's so many people that come through the yeah. airport but yeah. that's amazing that y'all have a spot in the airport like that's kind of like huge well, no and that's been that's opened up so many doors too so like again just another blessing like we're just very lucky and very i don't know feel very honored to be doing this so as you should so you both were working and you have both since resigned from your corporate jobs yes so what does that like how scary is that first of all and what was that process like for you both because I know it was different timing that you both resigned yeah no honestly terrifying like so terrifying so I was the first one to take the leap and there like we still had like Andy to support us even if you know the store wasn't killing it or um and so that was manageable. It was still stressful, but like a manageable stress. Yeah. But it was when Andy fully took the leap where it got real. Yes. <laughs> and so he um, he came over full time right before we opened up this the this bigger space. Okay. Um, as well as the the River Oaks one, which is that one that's not doing so hot. Uh huh. Um. So right before that happened, so I think. I don't know. It's interesting. Like you're always learning lessons throughout opening a business, and I was saying, like, kind of don't o- don't open things too strong or too confident yeah, because yeah, yeah. you know it doesn't always work that way. Right. This is one instance where, like, you know, the River Oak store didn't work out as planned. Mm-hmm. So now supporting ourselves on the store alone, which now we have a store that's you know bleeding. Like it's one of the most stressful things we've ever gone through in our entire lives. Okay. So. It definitely brought a new dynamic, you know, into me and Andy's marriage, into like, you know, our day-to-day lives. And, um, you know, it's cool. It really was like a a time where me and Andy really like pressed into like God and pressed into like people that can really speak into us. And um, I don't know, it's interesting. That was definitely a sharpening season for us. And we're still, still kind of going through it a little bit, but you know, we've, it's amazing to see how far we've come. Yeah. But yeah, I think fully taking the dive, although it's worth it and rewarding in a lot of ways, yeah. is so 
scary yes. <laughs> so many others. But you just have to be ready for the ups and downs that yeah, that's yeah, going to yeah. bring. So, like, on a practical level, do you uh, – is there, like, a certain figure that you said, okay, if we see this amount from the store, we can both walk away? Or or yeah. was it really just, like, a straight-up leap of faith in that regard? No, that's, a, that's actually a really good question. I think we – in our heads, we're like, if we – if we can make this figure, then we could definitely support ourselves. And so um, I think it was a doable figure, like given the data we had, but also at the same time, there's so much data that we didn't have okay. because it's a brand new space. Right. So you're trying to fill in the gaps for yourself and do a lot of it, like educated guessing. Yeah. So I think whenever we took the leap, we felt like we were ready. And now looking back, it's tough. It's actually... You know, sorry, I'm wrestling through it in my head as you I'm go ahead it and work loud. through it because this is good information. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I think it's tough because I think that we couldn't have opened the stores if we weren't doing it full time. Right. Like we genuinely like couldn't, mm-hmm. but at the same time, like, like not- would you have done it knowing? all that you know but it's like you yeah. had to do it it's such to. a like a I know. catch 22 yeah it is a catch 22 yeah, yeah. So but i guess that's all about the, the faith part of it yes and like if god showed you the whole thing you would have never taken the leap that was necessary oh that's good yeah, yeah that's good. <laughs> i just thought about it right now i yeah, was like good. that's that's really interesting because that's scary for me like I, it's something that at some point i would love to be able to not be in corporate yeah um but how do you like i just that's so scary you know because yeah. we're kind of like custom to think that that's what you're supposed to do yeah to support yourself or whatever but I, I love that I've seen people like you guys and Ryan and Keisha go yeah. through that and walk through that and what that looks like it's definitely it's such a faith walk and again like Ryan and Keisha have been amazing because like we've gotten to we were you know watching their journey like a few steps behind and, yeah you know able to gather so much advice from them and I don't know it's been interesting yes well you guys are doing amazing yeah you're doing amazing <laughs> I'm so sorry. This cough is so terrible. Okay. Um, so what else do I want to ask you? I feel like I have so many questions. So what does your day-to-day look like? I feel like your life is so fabulous. And you look <laughs> like not. you look like a fourth and nomad model, honestly. <laughs> but what does that look like day-to-day? Are you guys up at like 5 a.m. grinding it out? Or do you have like oh, a bit man. more of a comfortable schedule where you can kind of depend on your team that you've that you've built up a little bit so what does that look like for a business owner day to day honestly I think we're finding our balance I think I think when we were going into it a couple years ago we thought that owning your own business meant more flexibility and what we realized really quickly is just so the opposite (laughs) like you are literally like locked in for a long period of time yes so I think there was a point there like gosh a good six months to a year where it literally was like waking up like working from like 7 a.m to like 1 p.m going to sleep and doing it again and that was our life and it wasn't sustainable but it was something we had to do and like that was literally like just supernatural energy just to even get through that yes i almost had like so many anxiety attacks just even going through that season but it's mellowed out now so we've gotten to a place where um, we still work a lot, but we can, you know, we try to go in at like 9 a.m. And, you know, we'll head home, eat dinner, and then probably end up still working till like midnight. But it's still doable. It feels doable because yeah. you're doing it and you're not going crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's 100% not glamorous, which is unfortunate. Like, I wish I had the discipline. Honestly, we wouldn't have to work as late as we did if we had the discipline to wake up earlier. And that's the truth. So yeah. So I think 
you know, so well, you much gotta of it's pick on your, us. You got to pick your evils <laughs> that you want to fight every day. Yeah. So that's interesting. I think we're still trying to find balance. We have an amazing team that we can trust. Yeah. Um, that we can definitely leave it up to them. We're just not at the point yet where, like, we can step away. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. And a lot of your team are people that you're friends with. Yes. What is that like, though? Because sometimes that could be risky, missing yes. friendship and business. But it seems to be working for you guys. What What does that look like for y'all? And how do y'all determine, like, what close friends you allow to be a part of that? Yeah. No, it's honestly, it's so fun. Um, I think that's that's the biggest thing is like our team is so much of our friends and so much of our family now that every kind of win, every loss, like every high and low of this, we're all like really sharing it. Yeah. Um, which is great. But I think working with friends is risky. Yeah. Extremely risky. And I think we've seen, I don't know, I think... You know, there's been an instance or two where we've tried to work with a friend and it didn't work out too well. And, you know, that relationship isn't as solid as it was. And, like, that that definitely sucks. Like, that's not fun. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, I think, um, I don't know, just even being in, like, being surrounded by believers in your workplace. Yeah. Where, like, if you are having any kind of, like, disagreement or something you're not seeing eye to eye on, just something that you can really, like, pray through and communicate through and, like talk through and you all have the same values and all the same goals and I think that's the biggest thing um but it's risky I honestly don't suggest it for everyone it's really worked out it's worked out (laughs) for you guys but it's it's it is scary yeah but it has worked out for you guys yeah So you were talking to me a little bit at the um, grand opening of this event, and we were able to be at both of y'all's openings, which has been so nice to see, like, that that journey. But this one, you had, like, so much stuff and so many sponsors and all these different things. So how do you get into that part of, like, sponsorship and having people, like, supported in that way? Yeah. And we're drinking this fabulous drink. I know. Called Waterloo. Shout out Waterloo. (laughs) Shout out. Shout out. Austin, Texas. It's very, very good. I would love for you to also bring me some sponsor me as well. Oh. How, did, how did you get into sponsorships, though? That's something I want to tap into at some point. So, honestly, that part is probably one of the most fun things to me. Yeah. Because if you can collaborate with different, like, companies sure. and different businesses, yeah. like, you can put together so many events that are, like, communica- community-based yeah. and, like, events that people genuinely get pumped about. Right, right, right. Um, so, I think especially just in, like, you know, we're in the retail <coughs> You can partner together with artists to do cool workshops that also can partner together with, like, water or, like, a drink sponsor that also, like, you know, wants to share what they have, um, you know, to kind of intermix it. I think for, like, our VIP party, gosh, we had, like, eight different sponsors. Yeah. But it was fun because it's something that they're all wanting to work together to do and, yes. like, really provide this, like, experience for people that they can look back on and then go get it. Yeah. From, you know, like, La Vibra, for instance, was one of, like, they provided really great bites and yes, tacos. Yes. And so good. Um, but now we have so many friends that are now going to La Vibra. They were a very new business when they opened. Oh, wow. Um, but they've gotten a lot of hype just even from that event. Yeah. And now people love, like, they we get a lot of customers going over there now. So it's cool. It's, I think, competition in business or even siloing. I think siloing is a better term. When you silo yourself in business, I think that's whenever you fail. I think it's whenever you're working with the community and other businesses and other yeah. companies where you really succeed and you're yes. really helping each other out. 
That is so cool. But, and so these companies that that work with you literally just want to work with you because they've seen your previous, like they saw your other store and they liked yeah. what you had going on. And they just like hit you up or like how did they just contact you? So we, so it goes both ways. Mm-hmm. And some people contact us, some people would contact them. But in a business like this, it's pretty relational. Mm-hmm. So it's important that you keep a relationship with some of these, like Waterloo. Yeah. Um, they're friends of ours. So we keep a relationship with them to where you wouldn't like go and bring in, I don't know, like what the, like another LaCroix sparkling one. Yeah, LaCroix. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, if we were like, okay, well now this week we have LaCroix. Yes, like, like that consistency and relationship is important with yeah. that. Yeah, which Good. is honestly just the whole business in general of yeah. like artists and maker goods. Like it's all about relationships and yes. support. So. And so how does someone, um, how do you determine who you choose for the store? I know it has oh, to be yeah. a good fit. And even for vendors that come in and do like the classes and the workshops that you guys have, how do y'all determine who y'all choose for that? Ah, yeah, that's a good one. It's tough because there's so many good makers in Houston yeah. and like in Texas in general. But I think um, as far as product that we have in the store, I think as long as like we can see that it's something that they're actually passionate about and there's something they're actually doing and yeah. it's not some like hobby that they're wanting to empty out their warehouse, <laughs> yeah. like, you know, because that's something we get a lot too. Oh. So, um, you know, just like the story behind it and something that they're very passionate about, they're doing, that they've spent a lot of time <laughs> working on, they've spent a lot of time perfecting. Yeah. Like, you know, that's how you know it's really high quality, really good stuff. Yeah. It's like whenever they're actually caring about what they're doing. Yes. Um, so that's a lot of it. But even like you mentioned doing the workshops, how we choose people for that. I think um, part of the relational aspect of it is getting to know people and their capabilities. And so I think if we have a cool idea of a workshop, or even if they do, it's something that's like, okay, well, I know you're capable of this. I've seen you like do your thing. Yeah. This would be really fun. Let's just test it. Yeah. And we'll roll it out. And if it works, we'll do more. Yes. <laughs> so. And those things have worked for y'all. Yeah. The favor of the Lord is just all over y'all in oh, the store. I love y'all so much. But thank you so much for sharing. Of course. Thank just you. tell anyone who doesn't know where they can find you guys on social media yes. as well as all your locations. Yes. So um, our website is fourthandnomad.com. So fourth is F-O-R-T-H, not the number four, but the go forth. Um, <laughs> and our Instagram is the same. So at fourthandnomad. Um, and we also have Facebook. I think that's like slash fourthandnomad. I'm not sure how Facebook goes. Something like that. Um, but yeah, so we have our main flagship location is in the Heights. It's uh, 731 Yale Street, right across from the Heights Mercantile. So fun area. It's a big black building with a really big mural, so it's hard to miss. Uh, but yeah, we have one at the airport. So that's in Terminal E uh, by E17. Uh, to specify the airport. Uh, it's IH I know, Airport. Right? I know. <laughs> Wait, is that IH? Yeah. I don't know why I thought it was Hobby. Yeah. That's, that's so, IH. that's even more amazing. <laughs> I love it. Okay, It's fun. Ahead. Oh, I love that one. Yeah. Um, and then the other one is uh, River Oaks. So if you feel like venturing out <laughs> to that guy, go for it. Yes. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. You're so Please. cute. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh, so thank we can you. Wrap. No, I appreciate it. This, this was awesome. Fun.
All right, bye, girls. Bye. Bye. <laughs> hey, I hope you guys enjoyed that episode as much as I enjoyed the interview. Uh, I hope y'all enjoyed that as much as I enjoyed taping this week. And please, if you can, if you're in the Houston area or even if you want to look online, check out that store. It's amazing. There's so many nice pieces there and very exclusive pieces. And yeah, I hope you guys enjoy. So I will make sure to link all of Fourth and Nomad's information as well as Morgan Summers if you want to keep up with her. But yeah, I cannot wait to talk to you guys next week. I'm headed out to vacation. I hope everybody has a great week. Bye, girls. Bye.